Que lo que hay, mi gente. Welcome to Let's Hablar Solita Podcast, brought to you by Hablemos Productions. Vamos a hablar de todo sin filtro. Let's talk without a filter. What is up, my peoples? So, this is Maya Ladies Siete, again, from Hablemos Productions with Let's Hablar and Let's Hablar Solita. It's been a long while. A lot of stuff has been happening. Life has been happening. If you haven't gotten a chance to do so, please go to our YouTube page and check out Un Poco Sazón on Let's Hablar Solita. It's a little extra from November. And we also had a episode about Chisme for Let's Hablar podcast. Now let's jump into a review that I'm going to do for a show on Hulu called Black Cake. Black Cake, just to kind of make a long story short, a woman who is dying of brain cancer leaves recordings for her children to listen to after she passes about her life. She had a lot of secrets. She did not disclose her whole life to her children. And in doing so, she leaves a lot of things for her kids to wrap their heads around. I don't agree with it. I don't think that her delivery was great. I actually think that that would be very traumatizing for a child to have to hear their mom say guess what I lied to you your whole life that's a little hard especially after 40 something years maybe maybe 30 something years um Coventina or Kobe she is they say West Indies in the beginning but it's pretty much Jamaica and she is Afro-Jamaican and white in Chinese she had what she thought was a normal childhood for a good while until her mother left. Her mother left her in Jamaica to go find a better life and then just never returned for her and left her with her father who is addicted to gambling. So Kovi wants to leave the island as a young child. She wants to leave as far as she can and her and her best friend have plans to leave through swimming, swimming competitions and scholarships with swimming. And, you know, that's their way out through sport. And she has has everything thought out. Her father is using her gift to his benefit. He takes bets when she swims to collect money. Sometimes it doesn't go as planned when he takes bets. Um, it's... It's definitely one of those, they're easy to watch type shows. It's easy to watch, but at the same time, it's not. It gives you anxiety, but it's also one of those shows that you can understand and you can really, really, really digest. Um, So when she, her and her dad get into it because she likes this boy. His name is Gibbs. He's also a swimmer. He also wants to leave the island and is going to leave the island for London um, for university. I think he's going to uni. Um, and her dad is just not, he's had enough of her lies. He's had enough of her sneaking around being pretty much a normal teenager, right? A normal teenager with boy um, <laughs> issues. So, he decides to use her to also wipe his slate clean from his gambling debts that he owes to like I want to say it's not it's not like a gang but it's kind of like a mob family within the island in their area this older gentleman says I'll wipe your debts clean with us but you have to give me your daughter I'm gonna marry your daughter and so he does she's trying to think of ways that she can you know break this engagement this marriage and not have to go through with it but unfortunately the day comes and she ends up marrying him but he gets unalived at the wedding unalived at the wedding and she's able to escape with her friend Pearl's help by taking on a new identity basically her first name Coventina with her mom's maiden name Brown going all the way to London to what's kind of like a let's say it's like a boarding home for people who come from Jamaica, they're all staying there. They all get jobs that are within domestic help. So whether it be at a factory, whether it be being a nanny for somebody or going to like a nursing program. So they're all there. They're all 
being boarded there and they're there for the sole purpose of work and employment. Now she comes across her roommate, Eleanor Ellie, who is going through a nursing program and will become a certified nurse. But her goal is actually geology. She loves ge she loves everything that has to do with geology. She wants to be a geologist. And um, she actually goes through this issue where um, Covey is afraid of being discovered by the people at the boarding home. So she decides to convince Eleanor to go to Scotland for this geology program and they go together. They are going to be each other's companions for this geology program and unfortunately en route to Scotland she there's an accident on the train and her friend Eleanor passes away in the accident and she is the only one who survives out of the per two people that were supposed to go together, right? So when that happens, she has to deal with the fact that now people think Coventina Brown is dead because there was a mix-up and they thought that Coventina Brown had been deceased and that Eleanor had lived. So she's now taking Eleanor's identity to try to survive in Scotland but she can't find a job because she doesn't want to get a job as a nurse which is within the credentials of Eleanor and everyone's like we don't want to hire you you're overqualified you should be a nurse you have a qualification as a nurse I'm not going to hire you to clean up a factory or to clean up this or to do this and do the x y and z no like you're a nurse go be a nurse <laughs> and she's like I don't want to be a nurse I nursing was not for me it was just something that I did but I realize it's not for me, which is all lies, right? Um, so in Black Cake, um, she finally meets somebody who can see that she's desperate for a job. And he gives her a job as like a bookkeeping, accounting type thing. But he does it con maña. Lo hace con maña el way. He does it with a purpose of the fact that he wants to... He wants to have her for himself in a physical way. And he gets his he gets his way because he he invites her to dinner to meet his um his wife. They talk about how they're going to do this benefit and they want her to be a spokesperson since she survived the train accident and that, you know, things are going it seems to be going great. She's getting recognition at work. And when she goes to go speak with him in his office about something that happens amongst co-workers, he assaults her. And turns out he's been doing that with other employees. But who are who who's going to believe them, right? They're women in a time where women have no rights. They couldn't own property, um, things like that. So... The other woman tells her, just just basically take it. Take it because it's, it's, this is a job. If not, you're going to be without a job. And do you want that? Do you want to be without a job? And she's like, I can't stay here. So she leaves Scotland and goes back to London. I'm not going to say everything that happens, right? But let's just say she has his child from the assault. And does not take her child with her when she marries the love of her life to America. And he doesn't know that she's had a child. Now, the love of her life is Gibbs. They meet up in London when she returns after some time. And then they move to the U.S. Together, they develop a life and they have children together which is great but their family their family has issues like anyone else's family and I think that that's that's the part that's relatable what did not sit well with me is Benny which is her daughter Coventina's daughter I felt was very entitled and me da mal sabor de la boca I really felt like she gave me a poor taste in my mouth because of the fact that everyone Everyone is like going through something, but she's the victim. 
it's almost that type of mentality. I don't know if it's the writing or the actor who made the character feel off-putting. Like, I didn't feel sorry for her as much as I did her brother, Byron, who is Coventina's son, because he's the one that has to deal with everything. At some point, there was, I guess, like a family rift, right, um, where Benny feels like she's being judged and, like, her parents aren't understanding. It's all their fault, and she blames her partner, and she just doesn't come back to come see her family for eight years or something like that, and in that time frame her dad dies and she doesn't even go to her own dad's funeral because of she's blaming somebody else right so it's someone else's fault that she couldn't go to her dad's funeral um which and then when she, her mom dies she tells her brother when she sees him she goes well aren't you gonna hug me and he's like looking at her like i can't do anything because in the beginning when they find out that the mom has brain cancer he calls her and says, hey, mom's had an accident. She doesn't pick up. She doesn't answer. And she doesn't even follow up with their mom's health. But yet you want to hug now that she's gone. That's the part that got me. I'm like, oh, no, I can't feel sorry for you. Uh-uh. Because I know that I'm a very protective daughter. And even though me and my mom get into arguments, me and my mom may have disagreements, I will always be there for my mom and for my father. So... I couldn't understand her when she says, I, you know, you just don't get it. I, I, I can't be their type of perfect. And, you know, I, I was hurt. Yeah, you were hurt. So were they. That doesn't mean anything. It doesn't make anything better just because you feel that you're the victim. When in reality, I can see where her father was coming from in their argument. Please watch Black Cake to be able to see what I'm talking about. Um, and not only can I see where her father was coming from, your mom did nothing wrong. Your your issue was with your dad. And when your mom is sick, you blame your new boyfriend for the fact that you couldn't even go check on your mom when your mom had um, an accident. So, like, that's that's the thing that just to me was like, nah. I'm sorry, yo no puedo con esta mamada. Para mí es un pendejada que tú no quieres ver a tu mamá. You don't want to go see your mom. That's that's your issue. Um, don't blame anyone else. And don't try to come act like you need comforting. Yes, your mom died and that's sad, right? Um, it's a sad thing to to deal with when you have someone who is not who's not pulling their own weight you know what I mean like they're there's not there's no contrib they're not contributing to the to the family situation and yet they're wanting sympathy like that's the stuff for me that I just couldn't understand and for me to see the brother kind of take everything right he's taking everything that's coming at him he took care of his mom when she was sick he took care of the funeral arrangements when his father died all these things not knowing that the woman he had been caring for had so many secrets, <laughs> so many secrets coming, Tina, like, de verdad, please don't have no more. But, you know, it's, they go through all this only to listen to their mom's story. And to find out that they have this whole sister that they had no idea even existed, that their mom was escaping a, like a mob-ish family, and that she had gone through so many different obstacles, and they never had any idea of what their mom went through. So being privileged, right, because they, when they moved to the U.S., um, her husband gets a job as like a civil rights attorney and they live in a pretty nice house. They live in Orange County, which is not cheap um, at all. And the daughter drops out of, out of university and then goes to culinary school, drops out, doesn't tell her parents and says that she's going to learn how to run a cafe um 
through experience and then eventually have her own and her dad's like hey you're not rich like we came to this country for you guys to have a better life and you are just not taking anything seriously and that's what caused that divide between her and her father there is a couple of instances of domestic abuse so trigger warning on that and all in all this show it for me it has a deeper meaning it has the meaning of conversation what do we discuss with our children and why don't we discuss it openly when we know that it could impact their lives i know that there's tons of families who have secrets and there's tons of families that maintain those secrets hidden but because of the issue that they don't want their children to suffer or they don't want anyone to feel like their life has been tainted right so that's definitely a real worry for parents but how much is too much left unsaid and I think that this this show really speaks to not being able to have those open dialogue conversations with your kids and it also gives to the injustice that happens to not just a brown woman but a multicultural woman a woman from many different backgrounds because even her first daughter the daughter from the assault um she she is a like a food guru right so she has a book about food and pretty much how there's no there's no origin to certain things like food is not I guess no one owns certain certain foods or certain dishes pretty much like that's the premise of her book is to show that like we all get ingredients from a different culture which it would make sense because mofongo for example in Puerto Rico it is made out of plantain um, but a lot of the 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 word itself comes from Africa and there's a lot of things that we do get from other cultures which makes me believe that we never that our ancestors traveled and were able to to um trade right and to be able to give to a different culture and get something in return and of course we know colonization is real right so the exploit exploitation of these cultures was very much a real thing and she explains that you know she's like well if you look at this dish in particular um so and so comes from uh from africa and the other one comes from this and of course there's exploitation and her comments get twisted and she almost gets canceled <laughs> because of how she words it but again people are looking at her and she looks white she looks like kind of like me because um, I am aware that I am white passing, even though soy boricua y soy mexicana, soy mixed Rican, you know, it's just, she looks white. And little do, do people know, and she doesn't even know herself, that she is black, Asian, and white. So, I mean, it's it takes a lot for this family to kind of go through these dynamics of realizing who they are. And it's really sad to know that they're figuring it out without that missing piece you know so the person who who created a family and created these lives is missing and she's not there to be able to to clean up a mess lack of a better word you know it is a hot mess because you have these people that now have to deal with feelings that they had no idea that they even had or to deal with um to deal with grief on a whole nother level and what I found to be where this falls short is they don't ever I feel like they, they could elaborate more on certain situations right so I feel like there is a way to kind of better explain certain things that she went through in certain aspects of her life but they didn't do it it's almost like they were running short on time so we only have x amount of episodes for this pilot season 
we we can't we can't leave anything untold but you do leave a lot to a lot of wonder and i'm not saying that that's like necessarily wrong right because obviously if they do a second season or a first season because usually you have your pilot season and then you have like your official like first season um then great but if it doesn't pick up if you don't get a official first season then you're stuck with just that pilot season and the people who binge watch it like me will never know what happens to the firstborn daughter will she tell her son about his background right because there are secrets there too and it's just it's a lot and the fact that I I mean, I completely felt like I understood the son. I don't feel like I understood Benny. I more kind of understood Byron. Byron is the type to hold stuff in, right? He like is uh is muy sumiso cuando se trata de sus papás. He's very like submissive to his parents. And he's very quiet he keeps things bottled up because i guess it's like it's mejor quedarse callado que ser un escándalo in his like in his way of thinking um so it's kind of interesting how he rather stay quiet than to create like a scandal or chaos and at some point he breaks free of that because he's had enough right he has he's hit his boiling point and i completely get feeling like you have to do everything that you can for your parents like my parents are still young and well but I can definitely see myself being like Byron if something needed to be done for my parents and they needed my help I don't think I can say that for a lot of people like I have a I have a sister and I can't say that I see her doing a role like Byron did for our dad because she has children and she has a husband and they have a uh they have a whole life, you know, outside of our state and um I don't have kids and I even though I have a life, I don't have a life with a partner. So I can do certain things that she can't and I'm aware of that, right? So it's not like she's a it's not like she's a selfish uh daughter, but she's just it's a different state. She's got her own family that she needs to worry about. And it's different, you know. It's just different when you're you're solo dolo over here. Um I I especially connected with him in a sense that I don't necessarily say how I feel until it has been boiled over. I think that's something that he and I definitely share in common and it was really hard to watch. Now, I will say this, Byron's love interest needs to get punched in the throat. I say that disrespectfully because <laughs> um, she, he doesn't get promoted, a non person of color gets promoted even though he has more credentials than that person and he does more work than that person does and he finds that out while he's on bereavement for his mother's passing but they want him to do a diversity panel so instead of cheering up her man right she goes on this rant about how they're always doing this they're never giving us the credit that's due as people of color and you know you you should tell them this you should tell them that he doesn't need to hear that right now he needs to hear that you are going to support him that you're going to be there for him because he's going through the death of his mom you know what i mean like he it's not it's not easy losing a parent and she's like i can't well i don't think i can be with a man that i don't respect like you're now you're breaking up with him and he just lost his mom. You're the asshole. Like tú eres una hija de la chingada que que no sabe cuándo es el momento de hablar sobre 
tu romance. Like, you just don't know. You're you're doing it the wrong moment, girlfriend. Don't do it when he just lost his mom. Like, that's not okay. And I definitely felt angry for Byron. I'm like, you know what, Byron? You're not my type. Like, you're not my type. I normally don't go for, for guys like him. But come this way. Come this way. I bet you I'll be way nicer than she is. <laughs> I'll be way more considerate for sure. Um, I really just did not like the fact that they had that whole, well, I can't be with you if I can't respect you because you won't even realize that you're going to be part of a diversity panel just because you're black. Like, no, <laughs> it's not the time to do that to him when he just lost his mama. Like, you're not going to know. There's a time and a place for you to talk about your relationship, and that's not it. Then at the funeral, she, his girlfriend, Lynette, I think her name was Lynette, she says, you know, we can talk about this later. And he's like, talk about what? And she goes, I loved your mom. Of course I'll be here, but we can talk about us later. And he's like, no, like, I really want to talk about us. Why? And she showed up to his mom's funeral. And she's like, okay, well, I'm pregnant and tells him that she's expecting their child. He's ecstatic because he's dreamed of a life with kids with her. And what does she do? She tells him that she's not even sure she wants to have the baby. Not because she doesn't love him, but because she does not feel like she wants to have kids with him. Because how can she have kids with, like, a person that she just doesn't, like, know if if they're a good fit? And that, to me, was, like, that is the worst moment to say something like that at his mom's funeral. Again, this woman needs to get punched in the throat because how dare you come to my mama's funeral and then tell me that you're going to have my baby and then tell me that you don't want to have my baby or for us to have a baby together. Like, you just don't, you don't see that. You don't envision that. You never envisioned that? How? So I, Byron, <laughs> Byron needs counseling. We need to send help for Byron. Um, but I, I truly, I truly, truly, truly felt for him. I felt like he was the victim more so than his sister. And his sister was going through like a DV situation. But the reason why I feel like, he was more of a victim because he was not only a victim of the fact that he's the older brother of his same dad, same mom, sister, but he's also now having shitty situations happen at work. His girlfriend is making things way harder than they have to be. She's pregnant with his child, but doesn't want to have his baby. Like, there's so much good he's been lied to by the, by his mama. So it's like, no, this this poor man is going through it. I felt more sad for Byron than I did for Benny. And I also felt more sad for their sister, um, Maribel. Mar Maribel, I think her name was. I felt sad for her, too, because I mean, imagine, like, 30-something years, you have no idea that you're adopted to find out that you're adopted and that you're a biracial child and your mom was escaping like a death sentence essentially, you know? So it's, it's a lot to take in. It's a lot to take in. And I thought for sure that they would have made like black cake together as siblings and they did not, which was such a bummer for me. And I also thought that they would eventually probably go to Jamaica and try to see if they can find any any type of um, indication as to what happened with her grandfather. Because, you know, Govi never went back and she never got to see her father again. So um, it was just kind of, well, technically she always said that her dad was like dead to her, right? But um, it's still, it's just, it's a lot, you know? And in this series, I feel like what people can take away from this is when you are not open with your kids, it does lead to bigger wounds. Um, as someone who comes from a blended family, I can definitely understand that. And I feel like a lot of people can take away from that. 
But I also think that it's important that we discuss um, mental health, right? Mental health is a big thing. And when you go through domestic violence, when you go through trauma, um, abuse, it's definitely it's definitely necessary to get the to get help to get assistance when it when it comes to mental health it's not easy i've i've seen psychologists i've needed to for my own mental health when i was going through emotional and verbal abuse and i didn't feel safe I didn't feel wanted and it wasn't from my parents it was from someone within my family and um and if they have questions they can always reach out to me and I can go over it but for me Covey didn't get the assistance that she needed she didn't she didn't get any type of um any type of counseling for the fact that she was assaulted she didn't get any counseling for the fact that she was sold she didn't get any counseling from the abandonment of her mother and having later her for her firstborn child ripped from her there i don't there was no counseling there it was all just being bottled up and that is the inheritance she gave to her son Byron. So that's why I'm like this is so important to, for mental health to be looked at because all of the trauma, all of the abuse, all of the, the, um, the domestic abuse that she went through, none of it got, none of it got cured. It was all buried inside of her and she held it in, therefore creating an individual, which is her son, who also holds everything in. Él mantiene todos sus dolores, todas sus preocupaciones adentro y no lo desahoga. She, she doesn't, his, her son doesn't like let it out or express it with somebody and that's the inheritance that she lives not that she leaves like it's not the house it's not money it's none of that the inheritance that she left her son is her trauma and that's why there's that conversation of general generational trauma right it's a real thing people think it's not it's a real thing you you can go through things and then project it onto the next generation it's very very real um even the abuse that i feel that i went through i don't think that it was really meant for me i think that the person who did it went through abuse and they projected it later to another person so it's generational trauma that continues to be a cycle and i think that that's something that these this show is not showing you how to get better you know what I mean? It shows you how to tell the truth, how secrets can affect the lives of somebody, but it's not telling you how to heal from those secrets. And that's what kind of like, I'm like, you're, you're missing something because el, <laughs> el abogado is there and he's like, you got to listen to these clips, but he's not, no one's saying a, I wouldn't blame you guys if you went and saw a therapist. Like <laughs> that wasn't talked about at all. And I'm like, they need it. Okay, there's people who don't necessarily need therapy, like, woe well, is me, I was a child that got to go on my daddy's yacht, but mom and dad weren't always around, like, not, th those people don't have real problems, but people like them who, yes, they had money and they were, like, upper middle class, right, um, but they had a lot of issues, because they came from poverty and because they came from poverty a lot of their parents' generational trauma just continue to trickle over so for me this whole show is sitting it's entertaining to watch and yeah some people will be like this is boring there's no action there's no this it's basically just storytelling but when you love storytelling it's entertaining and for me 
where this fell flat is none of the kids are going to be okay. Like, <laughs> none of the kids. Byron's not going to be okay because he has so much generational trauma that is, like, is on his shoulders plus his own and then now his sister who finds out that she's been adopted and she was never told that she was adopted finds out how she became a person how she came into this world and she's got stuff that she's hiding from her son because she wanted to protect him so now this is another cycle of generational trauma like how much do I tell my son about his life when I don't even know the real story about my life and I thought I was protecting him but apparently not because I'm doing the same thing that was done to me I was trying to protect my son and my parents were trying to protect me from the truth and it turns out um we're all liars <laughs> That's what, for me it was like oh man like these people need therapy she needs she needs a counselor she needs a therapist byron needs a therapist his sister needs a slap and a therapist respectfully she needs a slap and a therapist because the whole like um you know oh mom and dad and i didn't speak to them for eight years because they couldn't accept me they couldn't accept the fact that you are a una niña de papi is the way that i could explain it like she's a daddy's girl daddy paid for her to go to college but college wasn't her thing so she wanted to go to culinary school because she wanted to be a, a chef and so dad pays for culinary school but then guess what she drops out of culinary school doesn't tell her dad until thanksgiving because she's going to be owning a cafe and make it into like this experiment this interactive cafe where people can do art and music and blah 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 but you didn't tell your dad until Thanksgiving and that's the day that you come out of the closet as a lesbian and they're assuming that they're going to have like a son-in-law, I guess, like most uh, parents do, right? Most parents assume that their children are going to marry of the opposite sex and um, nope. So she then blames her because she gets into the fight with her dad at the dinner table. This explains why she was missing from her family for eight years but she blames her then partner on the fact that she came out to her parents and the reason why they had that whole discourse of events saying it's your fault because if it wasn't for you wanting to meet my family this would have never happened it's not your partner's fault that yeah i mean they wanted to meet your family they wanted to connect with you in a much greater way but it's not their fault that you got into a fight with your dad about money and about school. That's not her fault. Um, and they weren't really judging her to the extent of what I've seen other people go through who come out of the closet um, or come out to their parents. And I'm like, Okay, then she ends up with a man who is much older than she is, like way older than she is. And he sees her artistic talent and is like, oh, we should collaborate together. I'll do the sculpting. You do the painting. Blah, 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 blah. They get in, they get into this relationship that benefits him because she's the artist. Right. And when um, she wants to she finds out that her her dad. Passes he beat her um and so she couldn't even go to her dad's funeral because she had a black eye and that's her excuse for not going to her dad's funeral even though she was like i'm gonna break up with him but she continues to kind of go back with him it's the cycle of abuse i would have gone to my dad's funeral period there's nothing that you could have said in that moment to get me to not go even if I got beat up, I don't care if I show up with a black eye and my family sees me with a black eye, I can figure out some kind of excuse if I don't want to say what really happened. But if I do say what really happened, maybe my family can help me get out of a situation that I shouldn't be in. You know what I mean? And it's just this entitlement from Benny that was so off-putting and I can't, I can't, I can't, I just, I just can't. <laughs> She definitely needs therapy, but I don't think she needs therapy so much of how her life was as a child as how much she needs therapy for the fact that she doesn't know how to choose partners. Um, that would be my takeaway from Benny. 
I do want to discuss this with maybe my my comadre and see what she says or someone else to see what they think of black cake. But I do think that overall what my takeaway from this is there is no perfect human being. There's no perfect family. We know that. We know this. We know that there's no such thing as perfect. We know that um, in life things happen, you know, such circumstances uh, occur that aren't always ideal. Um, but at the end of the day, we have to make choices. We have to make decisions for ourselves and for our family. And yes, while we may want to avoid a moment of pain, maybe it's better to have said something than to not say anything and cause a, a lifetime of misery. That's the way that I can describe it. I think that they may try to use the official first season as a um, as a introduction to Maribel's life um, with her son. Because, again, there's that situation there. She hasn't told her son a secret about his father. I don't know if... Uh, um, if his father wasn't really his father, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what it is. They left that off on a like a cliffhanger, so we'll have to see eventually what's what's up with that. But what I can say is that with this show, it's not about cake. <laughs> it's not even about cake. Um, as a as a girl who loves herself some pastel, you know, I, <laughs> I was like, okay, it starts off with the, the mob dude dying, right? And say, he, he, he gets unalived. Um, and it's like, they serve the cake at that point and they deliver it to the table but he doesn't even eat it he drinks he drinks his champagne or whatever it was that he was drinking and he and that was poisoned um and then i guess like before his before kobe dies um kobe before she dies she makes her last black cake but then here i am thinking like they're all going to share black cake right towards the end when uh Govi's long lost friend who helped her escape Jamaica shows up to her funeral and goes to the house to kind of like, um, what's it called? To, to elaborate on their life and join the children in their grief. Um, it's just kind of like all of that stuff is coming together and no one has black cake. And now I'm like, I, this is upsetting. Because the whole point, I I know that this show is not about black cake, but the whole thing, I'm like, maybe they're going to come together as a unit and they're going to make black cake and bond over it. No, nobody does. And that was very upsetting for me. I would have made pastelitos <laughs> with the the people that I'm going to bond with, right? Or make a pastel, um, make tamales, mofongo, whatever, you know, make something with somebody to like kind of bond together after having lost a parent and uh, having to deal with the fact that my whole childhood was a lie. <laughs> so for me, it was very much, it had great storytelling for what was told. It had a lot of anticipation because you anticipate certain things going to happen and that's a whole 180. Um, what I think they could have done or where they lacked is where they cut certain things short. And I don't know if they will be returning for another season or if it's just a limited season. Um, so it's things like that that I feel definitely fell short for me on Black Cake. And I I'll honestly did not like Benny's character. I don't know if it's because of the actress. I don't know if it's because of the writing of her character. I just did not like her at all. And I did not feel sympathy for her, which I think we're supposed to feel sympathy for her because she's one of the children. I felt more sad for, again, Byron and Maribel. Maribel, I felt sorry for. Because, I mean, to be 30-something years old, 40-something years old, later to find out you're adopted and that you had no idea that you were a product of abuse, um, definitely has something to say about the 
the victim there definitely it does show that she needed she needed someone to confide in and um i get being upset at her adoptive parents but you have to understand they lived in a time where um not necessarily adoption was bad but the fact that a woman couldn't bear her own child was was looked at differently you were less of a woman if you couldn't physically give birth to a child so especially in in europe <laughs> that stuff is a it's a little different um so i definitely understood that part but because of the fact that she is a multicultural ch child I can understand why she assumed the reason why they didn't tell anybody that she was adopted and why they didn't tell her that she was adopted was because her mother was um, black and Asian and white. That's uh, from what I can assume. And you know when you watch this show and when you watch how Govie was put in a situation that was less than ideal with her first pregnancy it kind of makes you understand certain shows better. I don't know if anyone's ever seen the show Long Lost Family. Um, it used to be, I think it was on TLC for a while. Um, it's basically where people who are adopted are looking for their birth parents um, or birth parents are looking for the child that they placed for adoption. There was several mothers who were looking for their kids who were forced to put their kids for adoption basically they would be brought when they were um, minor children to a home for unwed mothers and they would sign a consent to the home for unwed mothers most of the time it was either Christian or Catholic um, and they would sign consent for the child to be adopted and it wasn't the person who was pregnant signing it it was their parents so by the time they give birth mind you they have no idea what birth feels like their children um, themselves once they give birth they're there for six weeks until the child can be placed because they want them to nurse so then you you're seeing that happen in the show black cake and it makes you understand why some of these mothers when they finally met their children on long lost family why they were so emotional more than like other moms who knew that they put them up for adoption for like with their free will you know um there i think there is a difference there and you can definitely tell the difference if you pay attention to detail like i do so <laughs> definitely something to check out um I highly recommend this is not sponsored I highly recommend checking out black cake on Hulu tell me what your opinion is do you agree with me do you disagree with me do you think that Benny was a victim just like Byron or did she get on your nerves too um, <laughs> and I say that with love um, also let me know how do, do you think that shows like black cake should promote um help for mental health and what do you what is your takeaway from it what do you think that each of the children got from their mother's experience what what their their takeaway is because for me it's they took a lot of generational trauma like for me a lot of gener generational trauma was um was taken by the children and if they don't take steps to to correct it they could pass it on to their kids so that's what i took a lot from this um i don't know if that's the message that they were trying to convey but that's what i got from it is that generational trauma is truly a a real thing and that we need to be as open with our kids as we can and that we need to be able to love our children and respect our children just like our children are to love us and respect us but it's taught somewhere right so for example Byron loves his son um, 
not Byron, sorry, um, Robert, who um, is Byron's dad. He loves his son. He loves his wife. He shows love to his children, to his daughter, and to his son, and to his wife. His son is a loving son. He cares about his parents. He cares about his sister. But when it comes to pain, when it comes to stress, when it comes to situations that are not ideal, he bottles those up. Why? Because his parents did that. So that trickled down to his generation. How can he break that from her, for his kids? I guess my whole rant about this show is it, while it had really, really good, like, momentos de ansiedad, where it gave you, like, suspense, um, suspenso, it's, it still left a lot of things unsaid and a lot of things untold. And I think that for me, that's why I don't give it a 10 because I feel like, one, some of the characters, their victim um, mentality was not was not there for me. Um, and there was a lot of things to, that just did not fill in gaps for me. And not in a gap where like, oh my God, you got to tell me and then I'm going to know what's going to happen next season. No, I mean, fill in gaps to, for, for the storyline to make complete sense. You know what I mean? Um, watch Black Cake. I highly recommend it. Again, it's on Hulu. Check it out. Let me know what you think. And if you enjoy Black Cake and you completely disagree with me, put it in the comments. That's completely fine. We'll probably have a review about this with somebody else soon so that way we can have more than one opinion. But this was just my opinion on black cake. Soon I will be doing an update as well, you guys, on where the Raiders stand. I'm currently watching them play and it is, I have anxiety every year, anxiety every year. If it's not TV, if it's not a TV show, it's football. So <laughs> thanks, guys, for joining me for Let's Hablar Solita podcast, where we discuss all things black cake. And I hope that you guys can can take a look at the series. Tell me what you think. Tell me if you agree that there was a lot of gaps that needed to be filled. If you agree with the people who are victims um, or if you think that some of them were unnecessary um, like their worries weren't really that big a deal. Um, and also why we don't have more biracial family representation in 2023, almost 2024. So let me know what your thoughts are. Um, uh, I will definitely give you an update on, if we're going to be doing a part two to this, but with other people um, after they watch the show. So bye everybody. Hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Bendiciones siempre. Remember that you are the best you and there's only one of you. So therefore you're unique. You're one of a kind. Adios. Gracias, mi gente, for tuning in to Let's Allow Solita podcast. Bendiciones siempre. Remember, aquí hablemos sin filtro. Bye.